Welcome to Season 2 of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Justine was recorded on January 20th, 2022. My name is Justine, and I am a, uh, a COVID-ridden but grateful uh, <laughs> adult child. I um, My parents were um, not alcoholics. They were addicts, both of them. And um, I ended up being abandoned by both of them and being raised by my great grandmother, who was really old um, when I was really young. And um, there wasn't a lot of, there weren't, you know, trips to the zoo and the park and the birthday stuff and and it was it was a very different upbringing than anybody i knew had um i um was raised catholic that'll matter later um my family is uh, uh mostly a bunch of lapsed catholics uh, they don't often go to church but um will speak about uh, the religion freely, like they know what they're talking about. Um, I grew up in New York. I'm a Brooklyn baby. I uh, married young. Um, my first child um, died at the age of six months. I blamed myself for that for probably 35 years. Uh, and it, it's been 35 years. Um, so I'm still there. Um, my first husband was uh, an alcoholic and we managed to have um, three beautiful children in the middle of um, our weekly knockdown drag out um, fighting. And um, I can tell you that it brought out uh, the ugliness in me because he would um, he would come home and he was drunk. And I could tell by his footsteps on the stairs as he would come up to bed. Um, I, I could tell by his footsteps whether he was kind of sober or half in the bag or totally gone. And very often he would end up vomiting in the bathroom, asking me for help. And I would lie there going, not a chance, but um, I had no idea really while I was married to him, how to be a person. Um, I had no idea how to be a mother for certain. And I did all the things. I did the, the PTA things and the um, class mom things and baked the cupcakes and went on the school trips and, I did it all and I felt like a, a fraud through all of it. Um, by the time we had our third child, I was suicidally depressed. 
And at one point when our youngest was two years old, um, he threatened to kill me. And I picked up my keys and my purse and left the house and never went back. Um, my relationship with my children was really damaged. Um, my children were really damaged. Um, I, I didn't have the capacity at that time to even help them through it because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, eventually, I, I moved around uh, the Northeast a lot um, to try and get away from my ex who would show up at my door drunk at three in the morning. Um, and eventually ended up in New Jersey, married to another drunk. And I married pretty much the same guy because I was pretty much the same person and looking for the same things, looking to heal the same wound. Um, and I had known him. Um, we were uh, childhood friends and um, it, he felt safe in the beginning and safe turned into drunk more often than not. And I can't I, I couldn't stand it after 16 years with my first husband and his drinking. Anytime my second husband got drunk and started stumbling around the house and slamming cabinet doors and um, yelling at everybody about how they weren't doing the right thing and could not possibly do anything as well as he and um, it was very triggering for me. And um, it took me returning to ACA um, to figure out that my triggers are mine and how to, um, how to get around them, I guess, how to uh, nullify them. And, and eventually I realized that his drinking was his problem and that I could recover. And, um, and I stayed in ACA and did just that. And I left him uh, a year and a half ago um, and have been happier on, on my own and now with someone new than I, I knew possible. Um, I, I attended my first ACA meeting when I was 19. It didn't stick. I was not done um, living out the dysfunction of my childhood. I was not done beating myself up for my lack of perfection. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for recovery. In 2013, my daughter uh, had come home after a bad breakup and basically spent three months on the couch crying and I said, you know what, you, you, you have to do something. You have to, if you're going to stay here, you have to go back to school or get a job or do something. And if you're still feeling like this, you need to see a therapist or something. And the something ended up being an ACA meeting. Um, my first meeting was in either Lee or Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm not sure. Um, and I, it was very uh, Al-Anon based. It was very AA based. Um, and that was the first time I tried to, I'm going to be speaking about the steps tonight. That was the first time I tried to work the steps. It didn't go very well. 
Uh, so we went to this meeting and I had brought my knitting. I was going to stay in the car while she went in there and, and she asked me to come in and that didn't sound right. I mean, how are you going to talk shit about me if I'm in the room? You know, I'm, I, it's not just your father who screwed you up. I, I was there. I, I've met me. Um, anyway, she went to about three meetings and um, decided to move back to Florida. And within 48 hours, she had a job lined up and a place to live and poof, was gone. And I kept going to ACA. And um, about a year in, I started a new meeting in New Jersey, which uh, continues today as the best meeting I have ever been to. Um, the heart. It's exactly what I hoped for. Um, and then I got involved with intergroup service and um, region service and, and WSO service. And uh, I often say that while recovery saved my life, service saved my recovery. Um, because I, I started getting into service at a time where I was kind of plateauing. And getting into service gave me a purpose and a way to give back and a way to rejuvenate in myself what ACA was giving me. Um, I, uh, my, my parents uh, were only married for about a year. They were childhood sweethearts. Um, and I know that they loved each other for years and years. Uh, when my father died um, from his addiction, uh, my mother was devastated, even though she had remarried. Um, in fact, it was a little awkward how devastated she was in front of my stepfather. Um, and my dad, I didn't see him frequently over the years. I didn't see my mother at all for maybe 10 years, but I didn't see him very frequently. But I knew, you could just hear it in the way he spoke about her. I knew he loved my mom. They were just a mess together. And it seemed like neither, it seemed to me anyway, that neither one of them had any interest in raising a child because um, they didn't. And so I knew very young that I was uh, not good enough, not good enough to stay around for, that there was something wrong with me or they would be there. Um, I tried very hard to win them back to be a good student. Um, I was, I was skipped a grade. I was, I was kind of that bright little jerk that the other kids wouldn't play with. Um, but it was important to me to have good grades and get good report cards because every time I got a report card, my mother would end up calling or dropping by for a, a visit. Um, and I could show her, I could show it off. Um, we began to I ended up living with her in, in a home with other family when I was uh, 10. And it took me two years to, to fall and realize that even though she was there now, she still didn't care. Um, every time I tried to speak to her, it was wait for a commercial. Um, she continued to use until I was maybe 13. 14. Um, she has been sober a long, long time now and is still not emotionally sober. My mother is a hot mess and very, very difficult to be around. Um, 
and I've been able to forgive her, but it's still not someplace I want to be. Um, I, we limit ourselves. My, even my kids know we limit ourselves when we visit grandma to uh, three days because we once tried to go for a week and we were all ready to kill each other by day four. Uh, the last time I went to visit her, I packed to leave twice in two days. I didn't make it past dinner on the first day without. She is. It scares me. It's triggering with my mom because it scares me into thinking that. I could be that way. I could be with very little effort. I could be angry and snarling and cutting and insulting. I have that in me. I have, I have looked at the other laundry list and I know that I have that in me. Um, manipulation and, and anger and aggression. And I don't want to live that way. So seeing her is very, very difficult for me now. Uh, and my children don't ever go near her without me. Um, and it's, it's weird because she was a better grandmother than she ever was a mother. I remember when, when the kids were little, she would be running over, we'd go to visit and she'd be running around and, you know, get them this and get them that and get them this. And she would go to sit on the couch and one of the kids would say, grandma, I need, and she would pop right up and run off and get them whatever they needed. And I wondered where the hell was this woman when I was growing up? Um, it was awful. So all right, I didn't quite make 15 minutes. I want to talk tonight about um, something that is going on with me in my recovery now. And I want to talk about it through the filter of the 12 steps. Um, I have worked the steps three times in ACA. And I am working them again currently. This time feels different. And I... I, I was invited to join a group and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the steps again. I wanted to do other things. I wanted to do some more grief recovery. I wanted to um, work on another fellowship that I qualify for. I wanted to, to do other things. Um, my experiences going through the steps have been varied. And I thought that if I do the steps again, through the lens of my recovery so far, it would be an entirely different experience. So it's kind of an experiment for me right now. I'll let you know. Um, the first time I did the steps when I was 19, I had no idea what to do with step one. I breezed right through two and three because that wasn't happening. Um, when I got to four, I beat myself up mercilessly. And I gave my fifth step to a boyfriend because there was always a boyfriend. Um, I, I derived my worth from others and had been taught by my family pretty explicitly that my role as a female was to find a man. Um, and that is uh, why they sent me to college in the first place, to meet a man. Uh, so the second time I did the steps was with a, and I didn't have the first time I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have a person. I didn't have 
um, anybody in the program or in the room that I would speak to after meetings. I went for about six months. It didn't really click, really. But something about it stayed because 26 years later, or however many years it was, I knew that that was a safe place to bring my kid in, in her misery. And, um, and I'm so glad I stayed. I started working the steps with um, a group of three women when I um, was in program for about a year. We spent about a year doing the steps and only two of us finished. Uh, and I often wondered if it was the steps themselves that turned the other two women away from this program. Um, they're, they're tough. They're tough. Uh, they, I've never been in AA. Um, I drank a lot, but it didn't stick. Um, the AA steps are about AA. ACA is a very different program and needs to be. I mean, there are so many people, especially since COVID began, so many people who have come to ACA from um, the beverage program or other substance programs. Um, if, if going into that program and working the steps was the fix, they'd still be there. And I'm sure they're still there because it's valid for their recovery, but they're also here now. It's a different goal. Um, and again, I'm, I'm talking about shit I don't know anything about, but to my mind, it seems that the goal of AA or NA is to save your life. And the goal of ACA is to recover from trauma. And maybe the trauma is what caused the substance or process addictions themselves. I don't know. I'm, I'm in three other programs, three other fellowships, um, because my behavior has been and my, my patterns have been so affected by my childhood, um, by that, that ugliness that I can see in the mirror um, when I look, that is based on other people. Um, I'm sorry, I, I looked away and looked back and Kevin looked naked. So, I, <laughs> um, the second time I worked the steps was in a larger group. There were eight of us, um, everyone finished, although um, some chose to do parts of the step work with um, someone outside the group, like a therapist or, or a recovery coach. Um, one of the guys in the group did the ACA steps with his AA sponsor and it worked so beautifully for him, uh, worked so beautifully for both of them. Um, we, these people are family for me now. Um, I go weeks without seeing them. Uh, I don't hear from them too often. Uh, sometimes they are, they are my heart. They are my home. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm a chair of the committee that just wrote some new material on um, 
on support relationships in, in ACA. And one of the things that I personally find most valuable is working in a group because you, you've got now more than one person to go to. You've got more than one person to share with. And that's tough in the beginning because trusting even one person is crazy, right? Trusting eight. Well, we spent three and a half years doing the steps. So it happened over time. Um, I did not, not that I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it um, because I got a lot more out of it than the first time I had done the steps, but doing the steps for, for three and a half, almost four years was painful for me. It's just not my, not my pace. Um, and I'm not a type A person, but I wanted to get this done, damn it. And uh, it just kept not happening. Doing the steps the first time, um, or that, that second time in that large group was the first time I encountered uh, my inner child. When I came back to ACA, I thought the concept of a wounded inner child or an inner child at all was some hokey metaphysical bullshit that I wanted no part of. Um, and then doing my ninth step amends to myself, what I chose to do was write a series of letters to myself at different ages. And through writing those letters, I found my inner child. Um, I had always known who my inner critical parent was. She's got my mother's voice. And uh, my inner teenager was a, a wild child. And, and you wouldn't have thought it because I was so, I was such a nerd and so bookish. But um, in the back, away from prying eyes, I was sexually active very young. I rebelled against everything that seemed to, um, that anybody said was for my benefit because uh, I wasn't gonna listen to others anymore. Um, I, uh, it took a while for me to find my loving parent. Um, for me, I couldn't do inner child work until I did inner parent work because if I didn't change the way I spoke to my inner child, I would frighten her off. And for me, the goal in doing the steps is to bring my inner child into my recovery in a way that won't frighten or re-traumatize her. And I only have one. I know some people have multiple inner children. Um, I only have one and um, I can see her face very clearly. There are no pictures of me um, from when I was a child. Uh, there's there's one um, at my uh, other place that is has me sitting on Santa's lap, and my mother claims it's her because um, there were color photographs in 1948. I don't know, but like I I find one thing, I find one picture, and she she's got to take that too. So um, WSO, excuse me, I'm sorry. Our World Service Organization. WSO is, is getting ready to publish a book called Getting Ready, 
which is um, a red book light. Uh, they take out all of the stuff about service and how to start a meeting and um, how to chair a meeting and how to set up an intergroup and things like that. And the book is meant for, for newcomers who look at the giant paperweight that a big red book is and are frightened by it or overwhelmed by it. Um, when I first started reading the red book, I can only read like half a page at a time because all of it was true for me. And it was really difficult to face. Uh, I came back into ACA uh, deep, deep in denial. And coming out of denial was a misery for me. I spent the first six months back in program uh, crying every day, every day, every meeting. Um, I would go and I would sit at a meeting and I wouldn't share because I was crying. And then I would try to you know, gather up my courage to share when there was a silence and then somebody else would speak up and I'd sit back and go, that's okay. I, whew, I don't have to do that. Um, so uh, the denial was with me the first time that I did the steps. I don't even know how much I got out of it. We really didn't know what we were doing. We figured it out. Um, we could at least be honest with each other. Um, and, and they're wonderful people. Um, the second time took, it clicked. And after doing the steps for the second time, I started to feel like I was part of this program. Not like I fit here, but like I belonged here. Um, the, that, that meeting, that Tuesday night meeting um, that we started in New Jersey was the first room I ever felt safe in, in my entire life. And I was 40 something, 47, 46 when I started that meeting. I had never allowed myself to relax, to feel safe, um, to trust others. Um, but with this program, I, I have been able to do that. When I learned of the Tony Allen steps, I thought, damn, I wish I could have done those first. You know, they are more gentle. They are more loving. They are, um, it, to my way of thinking, they are more geared toward a trauma survivor because of how gentle they are. Um, the book that will be coming out, the Getting Started Guide, introduces, um, among other things, the need to um, bring your inner child into your recovery. Because after all, this is, we are a 12-step program, but the solution is not the steps, right? The solution is to become your own loving parent. When I first got here, I had no idea how to do that, but I persevered and it, it came. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that it did. So when I, um, when I look at the steps now, I look at them very differently and I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still working the ACA steps, the AA based steps, but with a different, um, mindset 
because I'm, I'm a different person than I was three years ago, the last time I worked the steps. I have recovered more. I have come to believe in my own recovery, in my worth and value as a person. Um, so working the steps for me holds a different meaning. And I know that getting started, I, I had the opportunity to be a first reader uh, of that, like a proofreader of that book recently. And it just lit a fire in me because I kept reading all of the, um, the little nuanced differences in the approach to working the steps and kept going, yeah, yes, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I've been saying. Um, step one, we admitted we were powerless over the effects of alcoholism. I, when I was a kid, I wasn't powerless over alcoholism. I was powerless over everything. I was powerless over people in my life. Um, knowing this helps me, knowing it, knowing it and really believing it uh, seem to be two different things for me. I go, I have to take things in uh, my head first before they land in my heart. Um, but knowing this kind of lets me off the hook. Um, it's, it's easier for me to stop blaming myself uh, if I look at step one this way. Uh, and then think about all the ways that my life was unmanageable as a kid about all the things I didn't have control over. And, and like I said, it was, it was everything. Um, I couldn't fix anything. I couldn't change anything. I couldn't leave. I didn't want to stay. Um, very difficult. Um, step two is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. It took me, I'm not, a, I'm no longer a Christian. It took me a long time to find a loving higher power for myself. And I knew some people back when I first started program who would use the meeting as their higher power or use the fellowship as their higher power. And that didn't seem to work for me, but I knew that I needed to find something that was um, greater than myself. Because if I, if I was the one who could fix me all those years, I wouldn't have needed ACA. I needed different words in my head. I needed a, a different path. Um, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. Um, I had such trouble uh, with the God bit when I first came into program. And there are, there are secular, I used to read newsletters from We Agnostics, which is an AA um, secular group. And they have published some great books that are in my library. Um, and there are now We Agnostics ACA meetings. There are, I think there's one every day. And there is a beginner's meeting on Wednesdays at um, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's an, so if you like me have trouble with that, and I've seen a lot of people come and go from ACA because of it, there are places to go instead of doing what I did, which is just, um, dealing with it. You know, um, the most important part of that step for me though, is to turn our will and our life over to the care of anything. Like I control freak, number one, I wasn't giving that up for for any 
for any benefit. Um, it has it has changed. I I don't see that step now as um, relinquishing my agency in my own life, just letting go of the results. I still take right action. I still do the next thing next. I still, especially when I'm having a bad day, live one minute at a time. Um, but I let go of outcomes and let what will happen, happen. And the reason I can do that now is because I know that I can survive anything. I have already survived um, abandonment and divorce and the death of a child. And um, I lost the woman that raised me, pretty much the only mom I ever had. Um, I have had bad breakups and crappy jobs. And I know that I can get through anything. So it, there's nothing to fear anymore. And I, I find a way, uh, pretty often, I find a way to, to live in fear for a moment. I don't get stuck there though. Um, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, that's step four. Uh, I, the first time I did the steps, I, I was not fearless. I was, I was a hot mess. Um, I was afraid to look, I was afraid to know, I was afraid to see. Um, the second time I did the steps, my step four was completely different. It was fuller, it was deeper, it was richer. I remembered things. I had allowed myself to remember things that I didn't remember before. Um, it, um, it really opened my heart doing step four the second time. And I think this third time, um, the, the Tony A steps will say to take a blameless inventory of what's been done to us. And I'm going to try kind of a blend of, of that. Um, when I do, when I do step four this time, um, I want to, I want to work on really, I would say forgiving myself, but I, there's, I have nothing to forgive myself for, not, not the original part of it. Um, when I had been in certain, back in program for about four or five years, somebody introduced me to the other laundry list, which is not, I was a victim, but I became a victimizer. And I can see myself in a lot of that. Um, the way I see myself in all 14 traits of the laundry list, I see myself in many of the traits of the other laundry list. And for that stuff, I need an accounting and I need to make amends. And, um, but I wish that I had been able to do the steps differently the first time, just the first time um, to, to find love for myself, to carry me forward in this program. Uh, it was really, really difficult to, to find that and to begin to live that self-love. Um, and again, step five, uh, with Tony A is not admitted the exact nature of our wrongs, but it admitted the Nate. Um, I don't have them in front of me. I'm sorry, but admitted what was done to us. I would like to this time tell somebody my full story, all the things that I can remember anyway, because there are huge chunks of forgetting in my childhood. Um, I remember snippets, but I don't remember um, a lot of specific moments. Um, 
six were entirely ready to uh, have God remove all these defects of character. Um, did I have defects of character when I was a kid? I, I, I don't think so. I took me, you know, I, I guess I started developing a lot of those when I was um, a teenager, but um, uh, when I was a child, I was just prey. Um, and so um, there are things I want to change about my life, but I am learning not to want to change so much about who I am. Um, I have integrated my traits and, and worked on my dysfunctional behaviors. Um, and I will probably be in this room for the rest of my life. That's how that's going. Um, but it does work. It, it really does work. Um, I'm going to skip. Step eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. The only person I think I needed to make amends to the first time I did the steps was myself. And not for not, for not making uh, amends to myself isn't because I couldn't save myself back then because I was a kid and I didn't have that power. But the fact that I, I shut it down for so many years and didn't allow my inner child a voice, didn't um, recognize that, that that part of me was still there, um, really difficult for me. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, when I do my ninth step this time, it's, it's going to be not just, I want to redo letters to myself, but I also want to think about ways that I'm living now that are a living amends to my inner child. Um, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Uh, this, is, this is my life. Step 10 is my life. Um, many people, when they are doing the steps, do the one, two, three dance. I do six, seven, 10. Um, I am, sometimes I have trouble um, knowing, even now after eight and a half years, Am I isolating or am I enjoying my own company? Which I do. I'm I'm pretty um, I'm pretty much an introvert, and I like being alone. Um, am I am I being manipulative? Am I did I did I say something hurtful? It feels sometimes like I am more hyper vigilant. I am more vigilant about my own behavior now than I ever was before recovery. But it feels different. It feels like an act of love now. And that's the real difference for me. Um, and the other steps really for me are about gratitude. Um, I want to I want to give back to this program that saved my life. I want to this program for me is not about at the end of the day, it's not about the steps or the laundry list or the solution or the program or the literature. Um, it's about the people. The people that I have met in ACA have been um, brave and and generous and loving. And even when they did not know how to be good to themselves, have been so good to me. Because um, we do that, right? I did that. I 
I had no idea how to speak. What's the, there's that quote that says, um, imagine what would happen if you spoke to yourself the way you speak to others. And I've never been able to do that. Um, I, I had never been able to do that. Um, ACA has given that back to me. Um, let's see. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to wrap up, but I think the main point and the biggest difference for me approaching the steps now, and I decided I wanted to talk about the steps because I know a bunch of newcomers who are anxious to begin the steps and terrified to begin the steps. Um, thank you, Paul. And um, the biggest difference between the way I've done the steps in the first and second and third time um, and the way I'm hoping to do them now is that I want to I want to take my inner child with me this time and and my loving parent um, my inner critical parent has been mostly silent since I decided that if she has my mom's voice then she needs as much forgiveness and compassion as my mom does maybe at a distance but um but still so she's been pretty quiet since i let her off the hook um but i want to i want to get at um what has changed for me what recovery has meant for me the things that are different in my life that i want to that i want to grow that i want to expand on um, and, uh, and see where it takes me. Um, I'm really honored to have been asked to speak again tonight. Um, I thank you for your patience because I really feel like crap. Um, I would like, I would invite everybody to speak about, um, either something that is, is on their heart that they need to share tonight or to speak about the steps. Um, and I look forward to hearing all of your shares. Thank you so much for listening to part of my journey.